0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Trans Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I have a very special guest on with me. Uh, somebody that I connected with on Instagram uh, via our love for off road racing, uh, as well as our mutual navigation of coming out in that world. So I will go ahead and let you introduce yourself.
1: So, uh, my name's Allison. Uh, on Instagram, I am all new Alley. I'm 35 years old, I started transitioning about – I've been on hormones for about uh, 14 months and coming up on two years since I sort of figured out that uh, I wanted to transition and since kind of I started heading down that path.
0: Very nice. Yeah, like I said, I think both of us pretty pretty early on. I think you found me through – a photo I posted of yeah, that my was awesome. race Jeep. <laughs> um, you actually did a video yesterday about your uh, race truck. A little different than what I do, but still off-road racing. Do you uh, want to talk yeah. about it a little bit? so
1: I, uh, uh, racing is something that, that goes really far back uh, in my life, and um, especially the, the whole off-road thing, um, and just cars in general, I would say. Um, so, so my dad was always kind of in cars and then it was into cars and then it was always sort of assumed that as I grew up, I was going to be into cars too. And, uh, I think, uh, I, I asked my mom one time cause my dad always had, uh, growing up, my dad had a Mustang, which I actually have now. He was nice enough to pass that one down to me. Um, uh, he had a Mustang and then he had a Chevy blazer, like the full size blazer. And, um, I I talked to my mom at one point, and she had said that I always knew that you'd either end up with, for your first car, I knew you'd either end up with a Mustang or a Blazer. And so I actually ended up with a a Blazer when I was 15 and a half. I saved up my money and went and bought one. And um, growing up uh, on the Central Coast, we've got uh, Pismo Beach close by, and so it's actually one of the few places in the country where you could actually take a vehicle and and drive out on uh, sand dunes and be able to go out and do that. And so when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time going out there and ended up kind of learning the the automotive world and and learning how to work on cars because I would take the the blazer out to the sand dunes and uh, inevitably break it and then have to come home and fix it. Um, And then I learned pretty quick that if you're going to do that, you should have something for fun and something for actually getting to school because half of my senior year in high school, I had to catch rides because my my vehicle was broken. Um,
0: (laughs) That sounds a lot like my high school. Not beaches. We were in the mountains. But yeah, very much the same break breaking stuff, trying to figure out how to get home to drive yeah. to school the so next day.
1: I ended up getting the whole off-road racing thing because, you know, I, I had the track, I'd go to Pismo, um, but this would have been back in, like, 2000 and 2003, 2004, and that's when in Southern California, this whole, like, um, uh, pre-runner thing was starting to get really popularized, and you'd mm-hmm. kind of start seeing that, and so I remember seeing, like, every now, like, there were just a few, but, like, they, they'd sort of, like, pop up, and then, uh, I got interested, or I got introduced to uh, like Baja racing and like off road desert racing by a friend, and then went out with him to a race. And the first time I went out there and I saw a trophy truck doing 120 miles an hour across the desert, and the, you know, standing right there while it goes by. And being able to see what those machines were capable of was something that just absolutely blew me away. And at that point, I, you no, know, I, I, told my friend, I said, I have to do this. Like, I have to be a part of this. I have to experience this. And so, came home and started looking for a project vehicle. Now, that's kind of how I got into the whole off road racing thing. And then, um, ended up doing it for about ten years after that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's almost exactly what me and all my friends were doing in high school. I mean, senior skip day, we literally broke all of our Jeeps, got so stuck. We had to call our parents to come tow us out. Uh, So all our parents knew we were skipping on senior skip day. Uh, (laughs) And then literally we saw, so we were in ultra four, so little different, mostly slow going off road racing, but still doing a hundred plus in the, in the desert, um, And we saw that in a magazine and we're like, holy smokes, we have to figure out a way to get into this somehow. And then the stock class was formed and all of a sudden it was a possibility. Um, that was like definitely one of the best experiences of my life though, getting into racing. Um, I know that when you and I first started talking, a lot of your questions were how was coming out in the off-road and racing world, um and I had just started that process myself. What are, what have your experiences been?
1: Uh, So long story short is it's actually been really good. I think, you know, one of that, that was one of my biggest concerns because for so long throughout my life, like that was my life, racing was my life and specifically in the off-road community. And, you know, just in in general, the car crowd uh, tends to be a little bit more right. Uh, And then, you know, especially when you get into the off-road crowd, you know, you're almost a joke if you are, you know, voting for anybody other than the, the Republican candidate. And so it was, you know, having just like sat around campfires with, with friends and having to, you know, just stay quiet when I'd hear them say certain things about certain types of people. And, you know, I I know now that, you know, a lot of times it's just kind of going with the crowd. It's not necessarily what that individual believes, but, uh, But because of that, like, I was super afraid to come out to these people. It was a huge fear of mine, even to the point where I had come out to my family and I had come out to a lot of friends, but not really that side of me. And so, yeah, I was was really afraid about that initially.
0: Yeah, I think I spent two months with a therapist talking about how I was going to come out to my team. Uh, And they were the first ones that I wanted to come out to, Um, but I certainly it was definitely very, very scary, but at the same time, they've been so supportive. Um, I got out of racing pretty quickly after that due to other reasons, not, not related to my transition. Um, and all of the team has been extremely supportive even after the fact. So I know personally, I've had some really great experiences, um, with regards to racing, do you miss, uh, not doing it? Cause I know you haven't been in it for a little while. Uh,
1: so as far as my, my, the, the racing itself goes, I, the last time I raced, the, the last time I was entered in a race was in 2010. And, uh, so that was actually a race. It was the last race of the MDR series. Uh, and what ended up happening was 10 people ended up, 10 spectators ended up dying at that race. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I, 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 this was the the last time I'd raced. I did most of my racing when I was in, when I was still going to college. Um, and so then after graduating, I got a full-time job and that ended up taking most of my time, but I kind of settled things down at work and and that was the, the, the last race that I'd come back and, and entered in. And, uh, I was, you know, signed up for the race, entered in the race, showed up. I uh, was on the starting line, was about three cars from starting, because, you know, they do the staggered starts, um, just mm-hmm. like just like the, the Ultra 4 stuff. Um, and so I was about three cars back on the starting line, then they held us up. And they weren't telling us what was going on, but what ended up happening was there was this, in that race, there's this one section about three miles in or so, where there's sort of a a big jump spectators like to crowd around that jump it's also a night race Mm -hmm. and so the night race was always really really popular because everybody likes to come out and spectate and drink and watch the racers do their thing and so
0: it's easy when you don't have to work and yeah
1: so it's it's it's, it is a fun race to go to like i've been to a you know quite a few of those and uh, but the problem is the spectators always want to see the part where the trucks are doing the most interesting things, and most of the time mm-hmm. that's where something's potentially going to go wrong. So, so yeah, so they had held us up, they stopped us at the line, and uh, one of the trucks had, uh, you know, gone over the jump like it's supposed to do, and landed, broke apart, rolled, and then rolled into the crowd. And, you know, the crowd... Oh, wow. Wasn't necessarily standing at a safe distance. They had some barriers in place, but people weren't necessarily paying attention to them. Um, and yeah. And so it was, it was really bad. And then I think it was a little bit later that they came back and told us that the race wasn't going to happen. And, uh, so at that point, um, kind of went back to camp. And so that was the last time I actually raced. And so even like coming into this, like I hadn't really raced much, but I'd say in the last probably three or four years, um, I had, after that race where people had died, I to die to sort of let my truck sit for a while and then found out some stuff was wrong with it. And so didn't really want to deal with it. And then started getting back into it and got it up and running again and sort of got it, like gave it a little bit of a facelift and then started going back out with friends and, and spectating at races instead of, um, participating in them, but you know, taking my truck out and actually having a lot of fun with it. um, and had sort of, like, re-amassed uh, a group of friends that, that I would routinely, you know, take the truck out with and, and you know, go out and go camping and, and go adventuring and, and do fun stuff. And so it was – so I think the last time I went to a race was actually one that you were at, uh, King of the <laughs> Hammers. And so that was the last time that I had my truck out in the desert. Um, like you said, that was, I think, February of 2019 mm-hmm. and, uh, took it out, had an absolute blast. The truck worked great. Um, had a fun time with my friends. My brother came out and, um, about two months after that, I ended up getting married. And then about a month after I got married, month and a half after I got married it was sort of when I you know, had this big pivotal moment where I admitted to myself that I was trans and, sort of finally accepted that if I wanted to, I could transition.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know that I, I haven't, first of all, I was never married. I, I feel like that may have been a blessing in disguise for me. Um, me individually, not, not that it's wrong for anybody else. Just was not working for me. Um, actually I got out of a relationship and that's what helped me determine that I probably should start questioning my gender a little bit more. Um, And ironically, she told me that I was always looking at her in a weird way, almost like trying to understand what she was doing and how she was doing it, opposed to looking at her like she was beautiful. So I guess that kind of makes sense. From a racing standpoint, though, being in that that world, I had already been in it for almost two years when I was ready and actually racing um, when I was ready to start kind of coming out to people. And it was certainly that race in general was the race that I was, that I came out to my team. Um, several of them before the race. So a couple of them knew going through the race that day. That was a long day, too. I think we were out there for like 12 plus hours, <laughs> leave the line at eight and didn't get back until probably close to nine o'clock that night, um, get back to the base or our garage. Um, so certainly uh, racing has been a big part of. And that indes- that that whole world, I'm hoping to get back into the spectating piece of it, uh, and hopefully get back into from a photography standpoint, since that's kind of been what I've really gotten discovered as a passion of mine. Um, I would love to get out and do some more of the like those types of the desert type of races as well. Though I think those all of that stuff is just so much fun. Yeah, the
1: actually. So let's see. So that's not necessarily the last race that I went to. It's the last race that I took my truck to. Um, I think it was about a month or so after that that I actually went to the Mint
0: 400. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so I, I went there and spectated and got some, uh, some really cool photos, actually. Uh, not with any sort of a fancy camera, but just with my phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was it was just really cool because you know it's it's one of these sports where it's especially when they have like the setup, spectating area. It's like you know you're twenty thirty feet away from, the actual vehicles that are, that are you know, in the race and, you know they they do things like put up speed limits and no passing zones. But you know whether somebody actually pays attention to that is probably,
0: you pretty lucky yeah, if they
1: actually pay attention to that. Mostly depends on it's who kind that of,
0: organization is.
1: Right. Yeah. So, like this one in particular, like we're in a spectating area it's supposed to be a no passing zone. There's supposed to be a speed limit. Um, but uh you know, someone still decided that they were going to pass and came up on the back of somebody's tire and almost rolled their vehicle and then uh, sort of changed directions at the last minute and sprayed rocks on the entire spectating <laughs> area, which actually uh, broke the rear window of my, of my Chevy oh. which I was really upset yeah, for about sure um and then getting to drive home from uh <laughs> getting to drive home from basically Vegas to Southern California with uh no rear window was also a lot yeah, of fun I cannot
0: imagine how well I can actually because when I was in college I drove a Jeep Cherokee with no roof on it for two years so <laughs> totally understand that yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it was really great too. So the the ex wife was with me, and so were all our um, so were our two dogs. Uh,
0: Probably not helping any she, any of the relationships. She was not yeah, very I'm happy. Sure. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah. <laughs> but, so that, that was a lot of fun. So that was the last race I spectated at. But in and yeah, that's one of the fun things about the sport, though. Is that it is really fun to watch. Um, sometimes it can be boring, like when, you know, because. You might see a whole bunch of trucks come by, and it might be tw- 20, 30 minutes or something before some more come by, but it's still really cool, and you get some really great photos. Yeah,
0: and just the experience. I mean, i spectated KOH uh, before I raced in it. That that race is just so much fun to just be out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you literally have 60,000 lunatics running around, driving around in their it's lifted nuts. vehicles. It's so yeah, crazy. it's insane, and the amount of dust and everything that's going on it's crazy how people just uh come out there the first time we were there we were literally just hanging around a campfire and some guy drove by in a jeep with only 3 wheels on it and asked us if a, if we saw a wheel roll by like literally he was looking for the fourth wheel on his that's truck great. it was so so uh-huh. awesome and that's just that whole community too though they're all like they're all really friendly when they get to know each other and i think that's the you know like you said it's it's kind of weird to to think about that community being welcoming and friendly to people like us when they're as Mm -hmm. um, conservative as they can be, but they're just all really great people in general. Um, And I think that's something that I learned specifically when I was going through my transition and coming out to different people um, and helping kind of trying to figure out and understand, um, you know, who was going to support me and who wasn't. I discovered not a lot of people weren't going to support me.
1: It's crazy. And I, I, you know, I I think a lot goes into, I think one, the type of person that you are to begin with. I think if you're a good people or if you're a good person, people don't, you know, typically forget that. And, you know, if you are a good person going into it and they have fond memories of you from, you know, before you came out to them, you know, I I think that's sort of uh, one thing going for you. I think the other is if you take a tactful approach with uh, a tactful approach with coming out and explaining, uh, explaining things to them and, and you know you know being understanding uh, about about what they're going through as well and the fact that you know this is going to be new for them it's going to be awkward for them and then you, you're going to have to help coach them and educate them and but it's been my experience that if you do that well that that a lot of these people they will support you because you know they have a preconceived notion of what a trans person is. Um, But that's something that's just been handed down to them from uh, other people or maybe a group of people. And so they don't really have any experience in that area. And then once you come out to them, you are essentially becoming the real experience. And so, you know, ideally, unless you're working with a really closed minded person, your experience should overwrite their um, non-existent experience. And if that goes well and you do a good job explaining it, then, you know, in in my experience it's it's worked out well and all of these very conservative people that i've uh, that i've had this co- these conversations with um have been very accepting and you know even even recently as i've started to kind of get back into that community and 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 talk to people within it and you know people found out from my big facebook post that i had posted to all of my 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 old friends um but then also that people had sort of heard it through the grapevine. Uh, and, you know, they, th- they told me that, you know, like, yeah, I-, I knew I'd heard it from, from some people. I didn't know if it was true, but it's like in the times that we have talked since then, um, not in person, obviously, um, but in the times that we talked since then, like, I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to ask you if you're trans. Um, I wasn't going to ask you if you were a girl now, like, and it's like I, I get that and it's 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 just kinda of funny like hearing it from that perspective now and like even these people that I didn't have that really close conversation with they no. don't they don't care. It's you know, it, it doesn't affect them. It's like they're they're not great with the name and the pronouns and stuff like that. It's like, you know, and it, it takes time and it's I'm, I'm not necessarily gonna pressure them on that too much when we don't even hang out all that often, but um but yeah, I've been very pleasantly surprised and it gives me kind of it one, it gives me hope for for the future in that regard. And then I think two, it also just makes me feel like I'm doing something good in the world, just sort of being myself and letting these people that like like not shutting them off and communicating with them and sharing my story with them and letting them sort of actually have an experience with a trans person so that they can realize that you know i'm just me and i'm you know and the end that because I, I think a lot of people just have this vision that being trans is you know if they've never met somebody or, or they've you know they probably have met somebody who's not known it but um most people that you know can't look at someone and be like oh that person's trans like they will just sort of assume that being trans is, you know, being a guy in a dress, being RuPaul's drag race kind of stuff. And so a lot of times it's it's really off base. And when they find out somebody that they've had good times, like, you know, driving crazy vehicles through the desert and BSing around the campfire, like that kind of thing, when they find out that people that they have had good, enjoyable times with um, are, in fact, trans people, it's it really sort of rewrites that code and, you know, allows them to sort of rethink what they think it is to be trans. And so, you know, it's it's almost like I I kind of see it as an opportunity where I can go be in that community and I can, you know, people can have that experience. And, you know, I think the more support that I have within my little group, uh, the more likely I am to go venture out into that and let other people find out and, you know, you know, eventually it's gonna get out it's already sort of like a thing around town that you know that this person that used to race trucks is mm-hmm. you know now transitioning and so it's I don't think that's a bad thing I think that it's a challenge but yeah, I, think it's I be agree good I, I, I
0: for me the more people that I talk to and like in the racing community specifically like the more I talk to them and the the more that can um, that are supportive of me the more confidence i have in continuing to just go do that and and enjoy it and have fun and i enjoy it more now than i did before um like that whole last year of racing for me while trying to hide who i was was not fun uh and now i get to go be a part of that and just be me and enjoy it so much more and have the support of all of the people that I care about in that community that want to care about me as well. And that just makes it so much more fun because you're just getting to spend time with people that you want to spend time with.
1: Yeah, totally. I, um, when, when I realized I was trans, it was a big thing for me. And I pretty much, I, I really focused on my life and on transitioning and, I feel like I started to move things along pretty quickly, and you know I, I did have a lot of other things going on in my life. Like I moved, I, I moved within that time frame. Um, once I moved, I started renovating my house, um, was dealing with my uh, my previous relationship, um, and then you know eventually getting out of that. So there was a lot of a lot going on within that time, but like I really distanced myself from that that whole off-roading community. And so I kind of just like gave up on it. Like I couldn't even
0: imagine what it was like,
1: you know, continuing to, to do that and, and yeah, be a part I of don't, that. I mean, I, I certainly was just, was
0: just hiding it. Like there there were very few people in the community that knew anything about who I was and what I was going through. And, and the ones that did were literally just my team. Um, I mean, we literally replaced the top end of a motor overnight one night and it was just me and the team doing that and the rest of the people that were talking to us hanging out with us at the early parts of the night or early in the morning the next morning were they had no idea what what they or who they were calling um, Allison throughout the whole night like they didn't understand and they didn't question it but they also um, didn't quite uh, like it was new to all of them none of them even understood or asked what like who's Allison why are you calling somebody Allison at like there's only four dudes here what's going on um, and like I think that that was probably the hardest part because every time it happened, I just was like, "Um, hey, guys, I don't think that person knows. You literally just outed me to them. Uh, And how are they going to react? Fortunately, they didn't, and unfortunately, we blew the motor again that same (laughs) the next day. I mean, it's hard to break in a motor when your race starts an hour before you finish, or an hour after you finish. So... (laughs) (laughs) And when you put it together in the desert, there's bound to be some dirt and dust that gets into the top end of the motor. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we that was in Oklahoma, so it wasn't quite Koh dusty, but it was bad.
1: Mm Hmm. That that's that's really interesting though about like you know because you know I've experienced that too because there is like a little while during transition where you're sort of in this middle ground where some people know and some people don't know. And, you know, I think that was kind of hard for me. And I think that's why I eventually came out on my, my old Facebook profile. Um, Cause I had created a new Facebook, I'd created a new Instagram. And so I had this whole other side and I didn't necessarily think I was going to even come out on Facebook, but what it kind of came down to was that like, I know that there's a lot of people that we're going to start finding out through the grapevine or I was going to start having these situations where I'm hanging out with so-and-so and they know. And then so, and like someone else calls them up and says like, Hey, do you want to hang out? And then it's, you know, puts you in that situation where it's like, you know, am I going to have to like come out to them on the fly? Cause that's not the greatest thing. Or is this person just going to like meet me and, and and have to do that. So I ended up coming out on Facebook just kind of for that reason. Um, but honestly, you know, thinking a little bit about that, I had a similar instance last night, um, which is actually, I was hanging out with my dad and my, and my stepmom, and it was over at their house and we were, uh, getting ready to barbecue with some hamburgers and, uh, my dad's friend and his wife came over and I don't know to what extent they know that I'm trans. I don't. I think it's probably been mentioned to them, but they've never seen me. I'd never even met them before in person, honestly. They just knew that my dad had two sons, and I think they probably heard that one of those sons was trans. But they came over, and it was awesome. And they, you know, yeah, they had no problem with name and pronouns and stuff because they'd never even met me. So it's like oh, this was the only reference point they really had. But it was difficult because my dad mm. kept screwing up my my pronouns, and. He, it's, you know, it's, it's not in a negative way. Like he tries, he's very an in his head kind of person. And so something like this, like he really relies on a lot of just, uh, sort of like muscle memory, uh, to some extent. And so because of that, he does screw up fairly often and it's not malicious at all. Um, he does try, um, but it was really hard because it's like here these people, these these guests that are new to it, are getting it perfect, um, and and then you know for the most part, like I'm when I'm in a situation like that, I'm fairly passable, and I could it, it was it was very difficult because like I knew that he was causing complexity there that really didn't need to be, and so. I, I can really sort of imagine kind of like what you would go through, what you were going through in that moment, too. Like, you know, having some newcomers and it's just a really hard situation.
0: It is. It's it's a different situation. And I I did not do what you did from a social media standpoint. I literally just deleted old accounts and created new ones. And- mm-hmm invited people I wanted to invite to be a part of those new new accounts um and kind of just fell off the face of the earth as far as I was concerned um I just didn't I in fact I completely deleted my Facebook account for probably a year and a half before I started a new one and the only reason I started a new one was because somebody told me I needed one for uh selling hair products that I was doing for like half a month before I realized that I was not really passionate about that um (laughs) And so I have a Facebook page. I don't use it. I'm literally on it, like, maybe once every month if I'm lucky Mm -hmm. or if I remember to log on there. And so I did not do a post like that. It probably would have made it easier for some people. I was in a friend's wedding, and I, like, literally right before the wedding, I was like, hey, who else going to be here that I'm going to have to come out to? (laughs) Right, yeah. Because I'm about to be wearing a dress standing next to you, and they have no idea who I am. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely... Fortunately, he had he told me like, oh, we didn't invite anybody that doesn't already know. So, um, and that was their choice. It had nothing to do with me. They just had chosen not to invite people, Mm -hmm. specific people. And they just weren't people that I also hadn't talked to in a while. So it worked out fine. But like that navigating through that kind of stuff can be very difficult sometimes. Um, and having that support structure was really great and knowing, even though, like changing a motor throughout the night and having all of my team call me by the proper name and proper pronouns the entire time I was less worried about what somebody else might say when they do that um, because I knew that they were all on in my corner if somebody had said something they would have been the first ones to correct it and would have been the first ones to do something about it I wouldn't have had to defend myself uh, and I think that was probably the best part about having a team as supportive as my team was
1: yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's it, it's a big thing too. Just like the the whole, that whole you know group dynamic and and herd mentality. Where if everybody's going along with it, and you've got one two new people that come into the mix, it's like, it, it's awesome. And like that's how in, in in a situation, that's how like that support structure that you know having those allies in place can really can really be beneficial because because of that exact reason right there. One, it's, 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 it's awesome to have people use your name and pronouns. First of all, it makes you feel amazing. Um, two, just to have that support and know that you've got people that have your back. If things were to go a different direction. Um, and then three, them just, you know, being there and doing it so that it really helps other people. Um, because it's it, it is really big, absolutely. Uh, so, so that's great, and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to being able to kind of get back out there and and do my thing and have that have those people backing me up, um, so that if you know somebody does ever try to say anything to me, I've I've got some some people around me and and yeah, so that, that, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think I f- at least for me, and I think this might be even something that I told you when you first started asking me questions about it was. Like, I feel fortunate that I have the team that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, they were super supportive of me um, throughout my transition. But also, just like, they were so awesome to deal with not related to transition. Like, we were just such good friends beforehand. It didn't matter who I was. Um, and this is something that I've kind of lived by through my whole transition is the people who matter won't care and the people who care won't matter. Uh, and I feel like that's a that's been a huge part of, you know, anybody that I tell, like, if I really wanted you to know, then I'm going to tell you about it because I know that you don't care. Um, and if you find out through the grapevine and you do care, then I didn't tell you because you don't really matter to me. Uh, and I think that that was like, for me, it was all about make, making sure the right people didn't find out through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. I told the right people in person. And I knew that when I told them, they wouldn't react a certain way. And then having that support system was huge for me. Yeah, totally. So, what's the next race you're gonna go to?
1: Let's see. I, 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 I honestly, I almost went to King of the Hammers this last year. Um, no,
0: we were talking about that.
1: The, uh, I, I think that there were a couple of reasons that I didn't. One is that my requirements for the accommodations are a little bit higher now that I'm a bit more high maintenance of a person. <laughs> uh, I, you know, before I, uh, having a shower around was optional. Um, now when you're out in that dust, not, not so much. Um, and then I think at that point too in my transition, like I was still like, wouldn't go outside of the house without like heavy makeup on. And mm-hmm. I I've since sort of backed off of that quite a bit, but still just having like a nice clean, not dusty place where you can kind of just clean up and feel good. And you know, if you are going to put on just a little makeup, like having a nice place to do that is beneficial. And so that didn't really work out. I wasn't able to like get a, a good spot there that essentially wasn't sleeping in a car. Um, Which is how I used to do it. And honestly, (laughs) I, I did think about it, but then I ended up having to take my, my Chevy into the, into the body shop and, and they were working on it. So then that wasn't an even option. And so it's like all these things like stacked up, but I will definitely be at King of the Hammers next year. Um, I, it's not necessarily a race, but I am planning on taking my truck out, um, probably within the next month or so. Uh, just to get back out in the desert and run it and drive it around and have some fun with it and yeah just because I just miss it like so much like I had so many people yesterday comment on my video and just say like oh my god your eyes just like light up and you just have this super unique smile when the truck fires up and like that's 100% where I am like it's a a huge passion of mine and you know it's I'm proud of that side of myself um I'm also proud now. That's not, that doesn't define who I am. I define who I am, but the fact that that's still exciting and still something I like doing is makes me really happy. But, um, I, I would love to go out to a race. I think, um, it's just finding, uh, the next one that some friends are going to. And, you know, now that I've got more friends that I'm out to as well, I think that makes a big thing. And, um, I think one thing I was really afraid about was, you know, at King of the Hammers, like going out there, uh, the the fact that I do actually kind of have to be afraid. Um, and not necessarily be afraid, but just be cautious and, and be aware of, of what I do. Because, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that if you met them one on one and had a good conversation with them, they probably wouldn't care. But when they're there and they're drunk and they're sort of surrounded by a bunch of people Mm -hmm. that they're trying to impress, then, you know, the group mentality and and that herd mentality kind of shifts the other direction. And you, you know, you just don't want to necessarily put yourself in that position. Yeah. So, you know, I would be kind of afraid, like, going out there by myself and not having people around me that supported me. Um, but it is kind of funny because i know another trans girl that's uh down in san diego and a company that she works for uh, they actually were out there as well um or it's, it's one of her previous employers um they were out there spectating as well and you know she, she said that i probably could go hang out with them if i wanted <laughs> to and they would they would be open and supporting so it's just kind of funny and it kind of makes sense because like there are trans people and uh, lgbtq people you know all throughout life it's like it doesn't
0: yeah there's it
1: doesn't necessarily pick certain people
0: being lgbt does not mean you have to be against other like living life like it just is part of our lives for sure um i will Mm -hmm. certainly be at koh this year uh so if you're there we will have to uh, Meetup, up. Um, you'll get to see the race Jeep that I used to race in. I will not be racing in it. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm hoping to be hanging out with most of them this this time for sure, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'd love to be doing some photograph uh, photography and some videography while I'm out there, but um, mm-hmm. definitely excited for that. Um, I, the Reno to Vegas is also on my radar for this year. That would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to make it down there, but definitely going to be watching it uh, on TV. Um, well online, I think, cause I don't think it's on TV yet, but we're not that big yet. Off-road <laughs> racing doesn't get that kind of coverage yet. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's pretty much all that I've got, uh, for today. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say or any advice that you want to give to anybody that might be questioning their gender at the moment or even wanting to get into off-road racing that's watching this?
1: Um I mean honestly we go on forever. <laughs> um when when I get into topics like this I'm definitely a talker. Um I would say if anybody does have any questions about transitioning um or um about you know coming out whether it be to friends, family, uh at work, uh you know I'm definitely open, uh, willing to share any part of my story. I don't have any I you know I I I'm an open book. Um But I would say sort of my, my takeaway for, or my takeaway from this last week as I've sort of interacted more with, with, uh, you know, the off-roading side of my, of my friends that I hadn't come out to because I was so afraid was I was the one that was afraid. And I made it a big deal and they didn't make it a big deal. And like I said, a lot of them already knew before I told them and you know having these conversations with them now every single time they're like oh yeah no no problem come on over it's not a big deal we'll hang out and and we'll we'll talk and we'll bs and we'll do everything just like we did before and you know it's i i, uh, I think I, I had told you earlier but one person said um you know it it, it doesn't matter it, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't matter um and so it's you know know that to, to people out there watching, know that it's probably a bigger deal for you than it is for most of these people. And then, um, like like you said, if if they're not on board, then they shouldn't be on board.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Again, if if they matter to you, they won't care. And if they don't, or if you don't care about them, then what they say is what they say doesn't matter. Um, well, I I appreciate you being on um, and. I would certainly look forward to hopefully seeing you at KOH uh, next year. Um, Maybe sooner. Hopefully we can both find our way to some race this year that will mean that we get to to say hello before then. Um, But otherwise, KOH for sure. Um, Anybody that wants to uh, come check out the racing for sure, definitely lots of people out there are going to be supportive. Uh, Far more than you might think. Um, And in the community itself, both Allison and me have had great experiences with people just not really caring. It's all about the racing. That's really all that matters.
1: Yeah. And I I do plan to race again. It's a big goal of mine to race um, off-road as openly trans.
0: Well, if you ever need a co-driver, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for our podcast today. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe and tune in next time for more stories like Allison's. Uh, We are going to have a lot of guests on this show uh, that are just going to be able to share their unique experiences and stories. And I look forward to being able to share all of those with all of you.